Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Positively Trek is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, including Jim Stoffel, Joyce Marin, and Carl Morris. Visit patreon.com slash positivelytrek to help support the podcast. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, shout-outs, associate producer credits, and more. Thanks to all of you for your support. And now, let the show begin. Hey, Star Trek fans. Just a quick reminder before we get this episode started, we are still running our giveaway of Season 3 of Star Trek Discovery on Blu-ray. All you have to do is leave us a review on iTunes, preferably five stars. We will be reading your review on the show. And if you do that, you will be entered in a draw for a chance at three copies. We have three copies to give away of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on Blu-ray. Now, we want you to send us those reviews before August 8th in order to qualify for this giveaway. So we're really excited about this. Hope you'll send us a review and get your name in the running for that. And you get a hat. Ooh, that's right. You get a hat. It's a discovery hat. Like I said, August 8th is the deadline for those reviews, so please get that into us as soon as you're able. And with that, let's get on with the show. Wow, Bruce, I tell you, I have been on the road for a week, and I'm home for a couple days to stop and relax. And one of the things that lets me do is talk Star Trek with you because I wanted to make sure I set aside time to record Positively Trek because my life is not complete if I don't get to talk Trek with you. So I'm Dan Gunther. With me, as I said, is Bruce Gibson. And this is Positively Trek. And I'm so glad that you decided to take a couple days off just to talk to me about Star Trek. <laughs> that is so awesome. I feel so touched. I'm warm. Oh, it feels so good inside. Well, I'm going to say, of course, and I would be remiss if I didn't say this. I, I would have some anger directed me, at me from certain corners, but I am also home because it is my one year anniversary. One year ago, uh, as of this recording, uh, Nikki and I got married. So, uh, that's, you know, another possible reason I might be home right now for a couple of days. <laughs> Congratulations. One year. You did it. Yeah, very excited. I mean, we got married in the middle of the, the COVID pandemic and semi-lockdown and stuff. So it's been an interesting year. I can't wait for a quote-unquote normal year of this marriage at some point. But, you know, it's been it's been fun. It's been really interesting. So how are you guys going to spend your anniversary? Watching Star Trek together? Well, actually, today we have a little bit of a backyard get-together with the with the parents and that sort of thing. And then Sunday, so we're recording this on Saturday, on Sunday, our actual anniversary, which is July 25th, we're going to be uh, doing like a picnic in the park and, and kind of just enjoying each other's company that way. That sounds awesome. I don't do that many picnics in the park because my daughters are like, oh, ants, ants, you know, <laughs> so bees, bees, uh, hornets, whatever it is. So yeah, enjoy it now before you have kids if you have decide to have kids so yeah <laughs> for sure oh yeah no it's it's gonna be great uh yeah one year it's amazing and again this this weird covid time it, it feels really strange but uh yeah it's been it's been great you know while i was on the road bruce i gotta say i was thinking i was kind of racking my brain what will we discuss in this episode because you know there hadn't been much news coming out or anything like that so i thought oh we'll have some interesting star trek discussion topic and that sort of thing and i thought of a few ideas but then of course I should have realized San Diego Comic-Con at home happened. And we, of course, now have a ton of Star Trek news to discuss. So all of my plans for discussion have been wiped away. This is a pure news episode of Positively Trek. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. The first of which is our first real look 
at the animation and style of Star Trek Prodigy with their dropping of the first trailer. No one shall escape. I'm getting out of here to a better life. You're the only one who still thinks he can. What will happen if they catch us? Like it or not, you're stuck with me. I tried to save you, and now we can save each other. What is all of this? Our ticket out of here. We've only just begun. There are a lot more stars than I thought. Bruce, have you had a chance to watch this trailer? I have watched it a few times. I didn't get to watch the panel live as it aired, even though it wasn't really live. It was Mm pre-recorded. But uh, a meeting got scheduled during that time. And I'm like, sure, sure. Schedule a meeting during Comic-Con. What's wrong with you people? But I watched the (laughs) panel later on YouTube and I got to see the trailer. Excellent. Yeah. And it's beautiful. I mean, the stills that we've gotten from the show so far, we knew this was going to be a gorgeous show, but we get to actually hear the voices of some of these characters and see some of the animation. And it looks like this character doll is kind of going to be a bit of the motivator for the action on the show as it seems that he's the one that's really eager to get off of this mining planet and get away and off into space and stuff. So we see a bit from his character We get kind of basically one or two lines from every one of the main characters at one point. Were there any that kind of jumped out at you that you were really surprised about or really interested in from this trailer? Uh, Murph, definitely. Uh, Yes. The way Murph talks. (laughs) And on the panel, if you haven't seen it, they're all on YouTube, but it's D. Bradley Baker making all these weird sounds. There's no real (laughs) English dialogue of any kind happening here. It's just... Like that. I was like, wow, what a fun job that is. You just go in the studio making sounds. And you know what? You could have some really gaseous foods that day and no one would even notice. It's just part of the performance. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, I heard something. And and again, I didn't get a chance to watch the panels. I was unfortunately on the road the whole time. But I've heard that that might be something that kind of evolves over the course of the series. Like his understandability might there, there might be some kind of evolution towards uh, better being able to understand him? Probably. I don't remember that part. If it was said, I can't remember what it was said about that. Because, you know, I was still, <clears throat> I was still working. So there's times oh, I miss little yes, things, right. maybe, you know, <laughs> as I was, I was working and trying to watch this at the same time. But uh, that would make sense, right? Because you'd have universal translators. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Uh, I did like hearing Rock Talk's voice, the little little kid, little girl voice coming from this big rock creature. That was kind of fun, of course. Riley's so cute. She's just, you know, this little girl. <laughs> and I'm watching her in the panel with all the adults and they're all making jokes. And I'm like, is Riley sitting there going, I don't know what's so funny? Or does she get <laughs> the adult humor? You know, <laughs> it's like she needs some other people her age there in the group. Uh, We also heard a little bit from Gwyn, played by Ella Purnell, and it sounds like she has kind of an existing relationship with Dahl. She says something about having uh, rescued him or something like that, and he says, now it's my turn to rescue you or something along those lines. So interesting. I like that there's some backstory there, some interesting stuff to play with, I'm sure. In the panel from Shore Leave, David Max says this is his favorite character, and he thinks this is the that Gwen is the standout character. Uh, And we did get also one brief line from Zero, uh, the Medusan, played by Angus Imri. Uh, And definitely they didn't sound the way that I thought they would. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know really what to expect. (laughs) But I like seeing it animated, right? I like seeing the animation and seeing the Medusan in the suit. And you can see the movement, so you can see where they are in there and what they're doing and all that stuff. And you can't see that in a still image. Yeah, for sure. That was a really cool animation style. Now, of course, the big thing from this trailer that we need to talk about is our first glimpse at the starship that is at the center of this show. 
and we see it's the USS Protostar NX-76884 crashed on a planet. And it seems that these kids or Dahl finds the ship and he says that it's their ticket out of there. And we get a glimpse of the ship and it looks pretty cool. And I'm thinking back to when we had Katie Nicolau on a couple weeks ago and she was saying she wants a ship that has like a 360 degree view, like window. This looks pretty close. Like we've got this big, huge, vast window out the front. Uh, this bridge looks really cool. It's so funny you said about that conversation because I thought back to that when I saw the ship and the big window area around the bridge. And I thought, well, that kind of takes me back to the conversation of, you know, the bridge being so exposed at the top like that should be kind of buried more into the ship to protect it. And it's like, this is really vulnerable now if it's all just glass around you, you know, at the top of the ship. <laughs> I'm sure it's transparent par steel or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. But beautiful. Really, really cool to see this. And, of course, we do get Janeway's voice. We don't see her in this trailer but we do get one line from her when she says, we've only just begun. So, ooh, ooh. I'm excited for this. I wish she would have sung that instead, you know? <laughs> we've only just begun. Okay, uh, I don't sing. But, you know, I'm wondering, okay, why is the ship here? Is it because it was using slipstream technology? Where's the crew of the ship? I mean, this is all stuff we knew ahead of time of the trailer, but it just makes me think about it even more. The Tellarite. Tellarites are in the Alpha Quadrant. What's this guy doing in the Delta Quadrant? And on the panel, they were talking about how they had to speak Klingon at one point. Hmm. They were talking about how they had to practice. I'm like, why would you be in the Delta Quadrant trying to speak Klingon? Like, Interesting. so I'm so curious, like how all this fits together. Yeah. Not to mention that Medusans and, and Brycars, if they're going with the, the Litverse version of Brycars, are from the Alpha Quadrant as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what are they all doing there? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Now, I had a couple thoughts watching this trailer and the first one, which I don't think makes a lot of sense. But in Voyager, the Admiral, when they do make, finally make contact with with Voyager, the Admiral says, we're sending two high speed warp ships uh, on a direct course to you. They should rendezvous with you in, in five to ten years or something like that. This could be one of those. But if that's the case, why would there be a hologram of Janeway aboard? That really doesn't make sense. What I think this might be is some sort of exploration effort sent to the Delta Quadrant after Voyager came home. Maybe like you say via Slipstream or something like that. As far as what happened to the crew, I'm hoping that gets answered in the show. I'm sure it will in some way, shape, or form. But that's my guess, is this was some ship that was sent to the Delta Quadrant after Voyager came home. You know, like we saw in Short Treks, we saw the Discovery in the future, and we're just like, what's it doing there? Where's the crew? They should put the Discovery in this, too. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine if it was the Discovery that he found in this trailer? And that's the, oh, man, I, I would I would really wonder what the reaction to that would be. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, the Discovery will appear in every Star Trek series. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's make it so. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we still didn't get a date. Like, no, um, what is true. the deal? I mean, we're at the end of July. We know this is coming, like, in the next couple months at least, right? I mean, yeah. why no date? Yeah, that's a good question. I haven't heard any any rumblings of even, like, uh, other than in 2021, you know, even kind of a, a rough estimate. I haven't heard anything. So hopefully we find that out soon. I also really hope it's not a like drop the entire season on one day because I I don't want that. I really hope that's not the case. I don't think so because they haven't been doing that and because it'll be on the Nickelodeon cable network and that will be weekly. So yeah. I don't know, but I feel like I need to go to Paramount Plus right now and just look because for all I know, the episode's there and they just haven't told us. Since they're not telling us a date, it just may magically appear someday. <laughs> you never you know. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, as far as a Star Trek animated series goes that we do know the date for, we got a new trailer for season two of Star Trek Lower Decks. Would you look at that? A view like this makes you realize it doesn't matter what deck you work on. We're all in it together. And they left us. 
they left us. How much oxygen do we have? A lot, a little, ballpark? Good morning, Serena! Lieutenant Keishon, welcome to the Cerritos. Rapungi, when he joined the Seven. Computer, ramming speed! This could be your year to get promoted. That what it takes? Yes! Okie dokie. Only thing missing is Boimler. Think of all the fun adventures he's going on. Oh, God. Get him out of there. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> We may not look like a lot, but when it comes to a fight, us Starfleet officers are trained to throw down at Let it go! Teddy Rod! Who among us hasn't been pooped out by an alien creature? It is not. Don't touch me! Oh crap, it's the evil computer. Friend, I'm worried about you. My scans indicate you could lose a couple pounds. Excuse me? Our ship might not be the biggest. Oh, oh and we might do the missions nobody else wants. Come on, you've been in tougher spots than this. Thanks, Tom Paris. I am a little worried about the fumes in here, though. You know, since you're talking to a plate. <laughs> but we are still Starfleet. The Ferengi got everyone else. It's up to you guys. If only we had special powers. We do. Maybe not here, but here. Our skin. Our brains. brains. Our, it's our right. brains. Brains are inside of our skin. There's a team waiting to take me to the brig, isn't there? Oh, you know me so well. Love you, Mom! Love you, too! Never disobey me again! I do what I want! I'm just going to go through and, and talk about some of my favorite parts from the trailer and some of the revelations for Season 2. First of all, a Tamarian security officer. Those those guys that speak only in metaphor. It turns out that Shax's replacement is a member of that species. <laughs> and when he comes on the bridge and everybody just looks at him like, what? <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, man. That made me so happy. There's so many <laughs> opportunities to just have people all confused based on what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so things that we glean from the trailer, it looks like, of course, that the start of the season will see Boimler separated from the Cerritos, still on the Titan. But it looks like that at some point he goes back and rejoins the Cerritos because we see him back in that uniform and back aboard with his uh, crewmates there. Yes. So, uh, yeah, and it's not a big surprise. We had to get him back with everybody, right? We couldn't keep him on the Titan forever. But then the Titan has a first officer, and it's not Christine Vale from the novels. The first officer, I guess, is an Orion. She's green. I don't know. But she's played by Vanessa Marshall, who plays Herod Sandula on Star Wars Rebels. Oh, I was like, I recognize that name, and I didn't. Look into it. That's Who is cool. also green. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, Vanessa Marshall's part of the Star Trek family now. I got to uh, host a panel with her as a surprise guest at Dragon Con a couple of years ago. She's a very, very nice person. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's really cool. We also see that Dr. Miglimo, the ship's therapist, returns at one point, uh, played by Paul F. Tompkins there. So it's good to see him back. I hope he has a bigger role because he was a lot of fun for sure. Yes, I'm looking forward to seeing him again because I now know his voice from the podcast. Lots of uh, alien races showing up, of course. We even have uh, the alien race from the animated series BEM. We see uh, one of them show up at one point, and then we have apparently the crystalline entity, or at least a crystalline entity. Uh, we have the Pakleds, of course, and Nausicans, and all kinds of <laughs> different species and stuff. And we have Jeffrey Combs back. He's in everything. Jeffrey Combs is the voice of the evil computer. Oh my gosh, I missed that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had to work him in. They mentioned that on the panel too. They had to get Jeffrey Combs on the show. Oh my God. I am so happy. I had no idea. I, I'm just like, wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So favorite parts from the trailer? I have to say, I don't know. Like it made me crack up every time I watch this when Boimler is screaming as he's getting beamed up and his voice is like phasing in. And, ah, ah, ah. As he's like 
Except it's like 10 times higher pitched because you know Boimler's scream, right? Yeah. I love that. That was That's what I was going to say is my favorite part. It makes me laugh every time when he's beaming in because it's such a Boimler moment. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. And of course, his captain, Riker, and, and the rest of the crew are standing there watching all of this. So, yeah, he can't be not embarrassed at some point. <laughs> no. And the other thing I like is the Tom Paris plate. Yes. Like, what is up with that? (laughs) Okay, we're going to get to that because there's some really crazy news around that as well. So, first of all, Tom Paris, Robert Duncan McNeil guesting on the show as... (laughs) As the Tom Paris commemorative plate, I guess. Because... (laughs) Right. Uh, As he says, he's worried about the fumes in here because you're talking to a plate. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Boimler is kind of losing it, speaking to his Tom Paris plate. But this is wild. So this was, of course, influenced by the fact that, you know, that was a line of of products that were put out, these Star Trek commemorative plates with various characters. And Mike McMahon thought that was just such a funny thing. He's like, I'm going to work this into the show. Now they actually are going to be selling this Tom Paris commemorative plate because of what's happening in the show. And I loved Mike McMahon's tweet about this, where he was basically saying like, what is my life? Like what is happening? And I love that. That's so crazy. I've never bought any of these plates, but this is one I would definitely consider. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if it talks. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. I've gotten one in my life as a gift. And it just stayed in its box somewhere. Like I, I was kind of like the same. I, why would we have plates? I don't really get that. But this is amazing. I think that's the funniest thing in the world. I just want to know why Boimler has a plate of Tom Paris. I don't know. I love it. We saw last season he had like a Jack Ransom commemorative plate, which that's the first officer that he was currently serving with right before he moved to the Titan. That strikes me as hilarious that. I don't know. I could see Jack Ransom like giving them out as gifts or something. Right. And I guess Tom Paris is doing the same thing, right? (laughs) Could be. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could replicate anything, right? So you can just say, I want a plate that has this on it. I don't know. Why in the conduit? Like, why is it with him? It's not like he's in his cabin. (laughs) Like, I'm going to carry this around. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. But I'm, I'm loving it. This makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. And yeah, just the one-off jokes and and little stuff like that. I love the awkward moments, you know, when Rutherford says, well, it's too bad we don't have superpowers. And Boimler says, oh yeah, we have superpowers right here. And he points to his head and Rutherford, oh, our skin. No, our brains. Right, right. Brains are inside of skin. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I have no idea, but I feel like that was ad-libbed. Like that was one of their ad-lib jokes because I don't know. That's just so funny. How would you write that? I love that. Well, speaking of Star Trek on television, there was an interesting news story that crossed my desk here from heavy.com. And uh, this is a bit surprising, but uh, apparently this this story is about the Star Trek showrunners giving updates about the Section 31 spinoff, which is something we've been curious about we've been wondering what the status of that is but apparently alex kurtzman along with uh fellow showrunner michelle paradise had a recent interview with the producers guild of america and confirmed that work on that show is currently still happening so this makes me really happy i'm glad that's still going forward they've said of course that section 31 would not come out until one of the current five shows has ended its run that could change but it sounds like they're that's still the plan here but they talked about how you know plans had changed things had been delayed mostly because of course of the covid-19 pandemic but they do say they're still on great on a great track with Section 31 and very optimistic about it. So what do you think about this? Are you looking forward to Section 31 and are you happy to hear that it's still coming? Oh, heck yeah. I want to know about <laughs> the show. I want to know what happened to Georgia when she walked through the Guardian of Forever. Where did she go? You know I keep saying I want to know that. And I don't want it as a short trek, even though if that's the only thing we get, I'll take it. But... 
yeah, I want to see this series because the whole idea of a Section 31 series doesn't really feel like that should be a series that plays in the Star Trek universe. Section 31 does not have that, those ideals of Starfleet, you know, that we're used to. But I don't mind seeing the underbelly and seeing a series devoted to something that actually does exist in this universe. And I really do love Michelle Yeoh's character. I love her performances. I love how she is as an actress and as a person. And I'm just curious to see what they come up with. If I have to wait for one of these other shows to finish, then I'm willing to wait because I don't want these other shows to finish anytime soon. Yeah. Here, here on that one for sure. Uh, I did like uh, that Kurtzman did bring up the farewell to the character in Discovery and how that was definitely meant to lead directly into Section 31. So an interesting quote here where he says, It's no accident that Discovery, in the pilot, they're walking through the desert, and in the final episode, they're walking through the snow in a visual echo of what we did in the premiere. In knowing that we were going to bring Michelle into Section 31, we needed to give her an appropriate goodbye that tied up a lot of the story threads that we set up from the premiere of Season 1. So, yeah, they definitely had whatever Section 31 is going to be in mind when they crafted her farewell from Discovery. I think that's pretty apparent from some of the dialogue in the episode and specifically stuff that Carl or the Guardian of Forever says about where Giorgio is going. This other quote that I really like, Kurtzman says, Giorgio has really never confronted in an honest way the consequences of her choices as a Terran. And the closer that she gets to the crew of Discovery, with whom she's very bonded and does not want to say so, the more she is forced to reckon with those choices. And it sounds like those choices are going to follow her into the Section 31 show. So we saw a bit of redemption for her in Discovery, but that journey isn't complete yet. She's not like off scot-free on all this stuff. So I like that. I like that those choices are going to be confronted a bit more. Yeah, we get to continue her journey and see her grow as a character on this new series. So, yeah, again, I'm just curious how they handle Section 31. What is her role in it? Is she still a member of Section 31? Is she trying to take down Section 31? I mean, we can just assume that she's just serving under them, but it doesn't mean that she's agreeing with them. She may be trying to take them down, which is why by the 24th century, no one really knows that much about them. I wonder, yeah, I could see them doing that where Section 31 evolves into what we see in the 24th century, like you say, and they could really, you know, a lot of people viewed that as a mistake, having them kind of all out in the open when later on they're more secretive. That could actually be very much a part of the story. And it could be that they even go against her because she is from the mirror universe and they start to realize that she's a threat or their universe is a threat. And they're trying to get things out of her, which she turns on them because they turned on her. There's all kinds of things you can play with that. And I'm curious to see how they do that. It sounds like we're going to have to wait a while. And like you said, I kind of hope we have to wait a while because the current shows that are going on, I don't really want to see end anytime soon. You know, Discovery's going into its fourth season. We've heard rumblings that they're already approved for a fifth season. Don't know how true those are, but that's certainly something we've heard. Picard, we know they've planned for three seasons from the beginning. Hopefully they get those three seasons. I think that might be it for Picard because it sounds like that's all that the plan was. But, you know, if season two and three are really great for Picard, they could go on longer, too. So, you know, who knows? Well, yeah, because Patrick Stewart is now an android. He could keep doing that show forever now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, because if you're going to make his character an android of the show, that me must mean he is one real life, too. Yeah, of course. You Absolutely. Know. Because the yeah. characters and the actors are always the same. It amazes me how many times I've heard actors say that play like a villain in a, in a movie or a show, how people in public will get mad at them and yell at them as if they are that character. And it's like, can you not separate fact from fiction? Like even networks will get letters from people like, you know, you need to fire him. You need. It's like he's playing a character. He is not that person. Yeah. Oh, the, the most recent one, of course, was the the new Captain America from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I guess he got a lot of grief That's from true. fans who can't 
separate fantasy and reality. And the one that I remember from way back when was the guy who, I can't remember the character's name or the actor's name off the top of my head, but he played the EPA guy in Ghostbusters, the original 80s movie They were that was trying to get them shut down. Yeah. Apparently people hated that guy and would like yell at him on the streets and stuff. And I'm sure he's a perfectly nice guy. Like he's, he's just an actor. <laughs> well, I just, this is old school, but I recently heard about the guy that in uh, little house in the Prairie at the very last episode where I hope I'm, I, I guess spoiler alert, even though it was in the early eighties, mid eighties, but he, he comes to take over the town. That's what I'll say. I won't give anything away, but he comes to take the town away, take Walnut Grove away from everybody on that show. People hated the actor in public. They would say things to him and yell at him. And then he became a spokesman for a grocery store for Pathmark grocery store. And when, and this is like a decade or so later, and the grocery train chain was getting all these angry letters of how dare you have the man that took over Walnut Grove speak for the grocery store chain. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Part of me loves that, but like most of me just shakes my head. <laughs> but amazingly, he wrote back, he personally wrote back to all those people because he felt that much responsible. Like I want to speak to these people and he basically calmed them down. So. <laughs> But poor Michelle, Michelle Yeoh may have to do this someday. <laughs> Maybe we should write an angry letter to her and she'll write us back and calm us down. <laughs> that would be great. Well, if you don't have time to write your favorite Star Trek actors or favorite Star Trek villains a letter, you can see some live in person at conventions, which are gearing up once again as we hopefully continue to move past the COVID-19 pandemic and, and find our way out of this situation. And of course, after STLV, which happens in a few weeks, the next big convention, which is now the official Star Trek convention, is Mission Chicago, taking place in Chicago, April 8th to 10th of next year. And they've just recently announced new ticketing options for the show. And this sounds interesting. So this is one I don't know if I'll be able to go to, but I would love to. We have three-day general admission tickets going on sale for $155. This gets you admission to all three days of the events and a general admission level. $155 for all three days general admission sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, that's really good. I, I know from going to Star Wars Celebration, that's about in line with that. And Repop, who does those conventions, is doing this one. Star Trek Las Vegas, and now the 55-year mission, those prices are almost double that amount for uh, a convention. Of course, theirs is a little longer, usually five days, and there's hundreds of celebrities and stuff there, which right now we've only gotten three celebrities from Star Trek announced to be at this show. I'm sure there's more to come, but $155 for three days is a good deal. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like you said, there'll be definitely more guests announced as we get closer for sure. Uh, Star Trek Las Vegas, by the way, I notice I haven't been keeping a close eye on it because I'm not planning on going, but I've been noticing a lot of cancellations from various guests as well. I think the latest one that came out was Sonequa Martin-Green is not able to make it now for the convention. And I know there's been some rumblings online of very disappointed fans and stuff. So, you know, hopefully that one can still be a really good show. And hopefully this show next year also gets a lot more guests as well. I wondered about that in the show being in Las Vegas, if some of these people would start coming out and saying, I'm not coming now because of COVID, the Delta variant. I was, and I don't know what Sonequa Martin Green's reason is. It may have nothing to do with that, but it wouldn't surprise me if some people were like, eh, I don't know. Cause honestly, I have a convention in my own field for my job coming up in early October. Originally I was like, okay, yeah, you know, it'll be my first trip since COVID. And now I'm really starting to get to the point. I was like, I don't know if I really want to go cause the Delta variant. And even though I'm vaccinated, well, I'm, I'll call it out. Uh, Kev Kevin Dilmore, a Star Trek author who uh, lives in Missouri uh, where there's some Delta variant is going wild and heavy there. He got sick and he's been sick for two weeks and he was vaccinated, fully vaccinated. 
And no, he didn't go to the hospital, but you know, he has been, you know, not in great shape the last two weeks. He's doing better now, but it's, it's been, you know, typical of like you getting sick, you're home, you're in bed, you're not feeling well. And it just took a long time for him to get through it. And he says, you know, imagine if he wasn't vaccinated. I mean, that's scary because as much as he feels bad now, imagine if he wasn't vaccinated, he probably would have been in the hospital. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's scary. And it's still an ongoing concern and is still happening. And I definitely don't want to downplay that at all. So people, please make the best choices you can for your own self-interests. You know, I can't tell you what to do, but I I don't plan to go to STLV this year uh, for a number of reasons, one of which, of course, is the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, I don't know, you have to make your own choices for yourself, but I, I know where my personal choices are directing me. So Yeah, and I've heard some people say who are going to the convention in Las Vegas, well, I am planning to wear a mask. Oh, I'm planning not to be going to as so many social things. and And it's like, okay, I get that. And that's one, also one of the reasons now I'm kind of glad I'm not going because that just doesn't sound like a fun convention to me, <laughs> you know, like not just wearing a mask, but people feeling like they have to keep distance and maybe not attend big social things. And it's like, and like you said, people, celebrities are canceling. Go, it's like, I'm sure people are going to have fun, but it just wouldn't be the same to me. Well, hopefully by April of next year, the 55 year mission, it looks a little bit more optimistic, hopefully. Yes. And I will be there. 80% chance I'm going. It actually occurs at the end of my youngest daughter's spring break. She wants to go to Chicago. My wife says she'll go to Chicago. My other daughter's in college. She won't be able to go, but they've already said they'll go. I don't know if they want to go to the convention. I don't think so. But the fact that they want to go to Chicago, more than likely I'm going to go. Well, if you do go, and it sounds pretty optimistic, if you decide to get the $750 VIP access badge, uh, this is what you'll get. So you get one hour early priority one access to the show floor on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, reserved seating for all panels on the main stage, presumably in a section closer than general admission, priority one access lines for select show features, autographs, photo opportunities, and at the show store. 10% 10% discount off of all of the Mission Chicago branded merchandise at the official store all weekend long. Early access to pre-sale tickets for exclusive events. Early access to pre-sale autographs and photo ops. Exclusive access merchandise including a shopping bag, an access badge, a lanyard, an embroidered patch, and a pin. So if you feel like all of that is worth the extra cost, the uh, the extra $595 above the <laughs> regular three-day admission, then uh, that's what you'll get. There are also single-day tickets, which look to be very affordable as well. So one-day tickets are $65.00. And that's for Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And for kids under 12, it's only $35 for a one-day ticket. Not bad. Not bad. I I like that pricing. Like, that feels like I'm not being put out too much, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're going one day, $65. Or if you have kids 12 and under, or kids under 12, I should say, $35. That's not bad. No, all these are good. I mean, the VIPs, you know, pretty pricey, but you get all those perks. If those are important to you, then I, it's still a good deal, you know. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm I'm just really excited. I hope this all works out, you know, and COVID's not as big of a thing or, you know, that we can just have just go and have a great time. So, like we said, there are three guests currently announced. So, just recently announced were Kate Mulgrew and Michelle Hurd. So, of course, Janeway from Voyager and Prodigy and Michelle Hurd, Rafi Musiker from Star Trek Picard. They're joining Will Wheaton, who was announced back in April as the first guest, uh, who is, of course, Wesley Crusher from Star Trek The Next Generation. So, Yeah, very excited. I'm sure, like we said, there'll be many more guests announced, but uh, yeah, really looking forward to seeing this come together and see how Reed Pop's first uh, Mission Chicago for Star Trek goes. By the way, I just thought I should mention that it looks like I will be attending Dragon Con the week of Memorial, I'm sorry, Labor Day weekend in Atlanta, not for the full show, probably just going to be there a day 
because my daughter really wants to go. She's cosplaying. She's got something special that she wants to do there. And so if anybody wants to, you know, just meet up, just let me know. But uh, I don't know which day I'm going to go, but it looks like I will be going down for a day. And I heard just last night as of this recording, that William Shatner will be at Dragon Con this year. Well, someday I would love to come to Dragon Con. It's definitely on my bucket list. Uh, I haven't made it yet, but someday I'd love to show up there. Well, we'll be looking for you. Well, we have a little bit of more news regarding Star Trek merchandise, and in particular, uh, one particular love of this podcast, which is the novels. So we recently had revealed the cover for book two of the Coda trilogy, The Ashes of Tomorrow by James Swallow. And true to form, what they were saying before and what David Mack said in the panel that you watched from Shore Leave it looks like this second one will fit with the first cover as the middle part of a triptych. So we have on this one, Deep Space Nine and the USS Aventine with some smashing glass effects on it. And uh, this looks really cool. And like I said, it does fit next to the one of the Enterprise E from book one. And I'm assuming in the background, you see all these ways of lines. I'm assuming those are timelines. Or some temporal thing going on. That's what it looks like to me. I was actually thinking, I don't know if uh, everyone listening has been watching Loki, but they kind of had uh, a representation of the timeline and it branching and stuff. And this is kind of what this reminds me of a little bit. Yeah. And also to mention, the Deep Space Nine station is the new Deep Space Nine, not the one from the TV series. Yeah. The uh, the rebuilt, brand new Federation space station, Deep Space Nine. Uh, from the novel verse. So yeah, very cool. I'm, I'm glad to see that design again because I recently saw the cover of one of Paula Block and Terry Erdman's eBooks with Deep Space Nine, the new DS9 on the cover. And I was kind of like, oh yeah, that design. Oh, I'm really sad we don't get to see that anymore because they're doing stuff in canon now. But yeah, we do get to see it one last time on this cover. So what do you think is going to be on the third cover? I've got to assume the Titan in in some way, shape, or form. I would think the Titan, maybe Voyager. Excellent. Well, we also have a brief back cover blurb for this book, too. Uh, So this is the middle book. It'll be out in October. And the blurb says, The crews of Jean-Luc Picard, Benjamin Sisko, Esri Dax, and William Riker unite to prevent a cosmic-level apocalypse, only to find that some fates really are inevitable. The future is at war with the past. The epic Star Trek Coda trilogy continues as friends become foes, the temporal apocalypse accelerates, and the catastrophe's true cause is revealed. Now I'm starting to think it definitely is going to be the Titan, which we already said more likely, but it's going to be the Titan on the cover and Boimler is going to be on the cover too. There you go. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Boimler is the true cause of the catastrophe. (laughs) That's why you see him beaming and he comes "Ah, ah, ah." He's He's beaming from different timelines from these novels. (laughs) That must be it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Book two will be out in October, book one before that, the month before that in September. So uh, yeah, September, October, November, great way to close out the the lit verse. I'm both looking forward to it and dreading it because the lit verse has been so amazing these last few decades and uh, it'll be sad to see it come to an end, but I'm really, really excited to see what these wonderful authors have come up with. Me too. But there's something that tells me this isn't necessarily the end. Well, uh, last little bit of news, and I was kind of, I don't know if I want to throw this in here, but I want to talk about this just because I want your opinion on this. So we have a company called Bradford Exchange, and they put out kind of high-end collectibles and stuff. And they've announced a transporter figurine collection of the original series characters. And these are these kind of statues that show our crew kind of half beaming in the the bottom part of the legs are like crystal and, and look like they're beaming in. We have nine issues announced and it's going to be on a subscription basis. Uh, Captain Kirk, Spock transporter display. So the little stand where they all go 
Issue 4 is Dr. McCoy. Issue 5 is Sulu. 6 is Uhura. 7 is Chekhov. 8 is Scotty. And issue number 9 is a light-up transporter console to kind of cap off the whole thing. So, I don't know. What do you think of these? So they always, so their legs always look like they're beaming, and then you put it on there, and the lights like reflect off it, so it kind of looks cool. I'm guessing, right? So the transporter display base does light up. So I'm imagining the light shines up through them, and and I don't think it's like a moving light or anything like that, but I think it does light up. And I would be really curious to see these in person because it's hard to see that effect in a still picture, but I would love to see what these look like because I bet they're pretty impressive. I think I would like this as a nightlight. (laughs) You know? It's like, yeah, if you just want a little light in your room and there they are standing on the transporter pad and there's this like, just this nice glow and you can just look over and see them beaming, you know? Like beaming, like they're happy and beaming physically by a transporter all at the same time. I don't know. I don't think these are anything that I personally would want to collect. I I don't have any plans to, but they look pretty cool. And those of you listening, I do urge you to check out the link that I'll have in the description to the article over at the Trek Collective and check these out because I think these are pretty unique. And I'm sure there are lots of people out there that would be thrilled to see these and, and get these into their collections. So yeah, I just wanted to mention them because it's definitely unique and something I've not seen before. I'd almost would want two of these, like two of the transporter displays for so all the characters could at least fit on on a display, right? Because they all look like they're beaming. I, I think that would be cool. Like you, you know, like if you have a shelf, you've got one transporter room with three of the characters beaming with the console, and then on the bottom shelf is another level to the ship where there's the other transporter room with the other four characters beaming out with the console there. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the nine that I mentioned are uh, the initial nine on a subscription basis. They also suggest there'll be additional Star Trek figurines as they become available. So maybe as eight of five over on the Trek Collective speculates uh, might mean aliens or more supporting crew members. If those subscriber numbers hold up, uh, they could put out a lot more. Maybe there could be a like Mugatu beaming in or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that I would love to see. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. My personal, Gorn. I want to see a Gorn. Gorn. Yeah. But my personal one would be Boimler, right? <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah. Beaming yeah. in and out. That That's the one that you need to make next is a Boimler transporter figurine. In all seriousness, I would love to see Yeoman Rand in this style. Like I, she doesn't get enough love. I think I'd love to see like her big beehive hairdo like molded in this figurine style i think it would look pretty pretty impressive it's yeah pretty cool. i was thinking when you said there may be more i was thinking rand might be one of them yeah but yeah definitely rand chapel i think those would be the next logical two eric's and mares would be pretty cool too well yeah like i said i'll have a link in the description if you want to check these out so be sure to do that and uh is there anything else from the world of Star Trek this week, Bruce, that we haven't talked about that uh, you'd like to bring up? Oh, gosh, not that I can think of. But if I can go off franchise, people have been telling me, oh, well, you know, you should be watching The Expanse. You know, if you like Star Trek and stuff, you need to watch The Expanse. Well, I finally gave it a shot last week. I watched the first episode and I really wasn't that interested in it. But I watched the second episode and then I started to go, okay, now I'm curious. And as of this morning, I've just finished season one and I'm really liking this. So then my wife, we, okay, so we have a device on our TV in our exercise area. So it always shows the last thing I watched when you open it. So it showed the expanse. So my wife just got on the treadmill this morning and she said, I got on the treadmill. I said, I was telling her about, I said, Oh, I've been watching the show, the expanse. She goes, Oh, I just watched the first episode. I said, because you saw I was watching it. Right. She said, yeah. She goes, but I'm not into it. I'm like, keep it going. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm really glad to hear you say that because I think I watched the first two episodes and then didn't watch any more for like a year. And then finally went back and rewatched those and picked it up again and just fell in love with it and blew through like all the seasons that are out in a couple months. So yeah, it's, it's really quite good. And each season too, it really becomes very different. 
like it really evolves. So, well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that because if anybody's like me that just, you know, hasn't checked it out and then decides to, and it's like, eh, just keep with it for a few episodes. And if you're not into it after a few episodes, then it may not be for you, but I I'm really liking it. Awesome. Oh, I'm really happy to hear that. Well, when you're not enjoying the expanse, where can people find you online? I'm on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex, and I'm on the Star Wars Report podcast, and we're wrapping up our final 30 episodes because uh, we're going to shut the podcast down. But I'm still playing with the idea that maybe we'll continue it on as something a little different when it ends. I don't know. We're, we're still figuring that out, but we've got several months to figure that out. And then I've been occasionally on literary treks because I can't stop reading Star Trek books for some weird reason. So that that's where I am. Well, you can find me online on Twitter at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. YouTube.com slash Kurtrats Productions. I'm up over 5,000 subscribers now, by the way. Thank you all so much. I apologize for there not being much on there right now. I'm so flipping busy with this current job that I have going on, which might also mean I'm not sure exactly what the next few weeks of this podcast will look like, but uh, we'll keep you updated if you follow us on Facebook in the Positively Trek discussion group. Any announcements will be made there. And also on Twitter at Positively Trek. We'll keep our listeners up to date with what's going on with the podcast there as well. And please reach out to us, PositivelyTrek at gmail.com. And please don't forget to enter into our giveaway for Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on Blu-ray by giving us a rating and review on iTunes and just shoot us an email positivelytrek at gmail.com once you've done that just let us know that the review's there so we can make sure to count you in the giveaway thank you all so much for listening this week we'll talk to you again soon until then as always stay positive These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.